This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Praise God. Well, family, at Christian Family Church, we want to be significant. Amen. We want to impact the lives of people around us that for eternity they'll thank you. Isn't that what we want to do? Amen. We want to do that. And in March, this is a time we want to be significant. We want to be people that, that impact the lives of those around us. And I ministered a message this morning that it's not good for man to be alone. And if you missed it, I'd encourage you to get that. Because in there, there's a statement that says that the greatest impact we can ever make on anybody's life or the greatest contribution we can make in this life is how we influence the lives of others. Amen. And so that's what we want to do. Well, I'm so happy that you're in church this evening. Are you ready for the word? Praise God. Well, let me take this opportunity and thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bear for the great privilege it is to be able to share the Word of God with you. I love them and I appreciate them. And I'm so grateful to have senior pastors who love us and pray for us daily. Aren't you? Amen. Well, let's open in prayer. Shall we do that? Heavenly Father, this evening as we come together, we just thank you that you've brought us once again as a family together to spend time with you and in your Word. And Lord, as we take this time to just learn from you, we invite you, Holy Spirit, for you are the teacher. I do not trust in my own ability, but totally depend upon you to come and have your way. Lord, speak through me tonight to encourage your family. And I pray for every person here that their ear is open to hear, their heart is ready to receive, and their life will change as a result of your word. And we are careful to give you alone. All the praise, the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, family, tonight I've got a message that's titled, The Spirit of Caleb. The Spirit of Caleb. And the Word of God, uh, or, the, or in Numbers 14, 24, the Bible says this, My servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly. Now, we're going to find out tonight that Caleb was an extraordinary type of a guy. But just to give you a bit of a history, I'm not quite sure uh, uh, of the different crowd, how well we know the story of Caleb and who he was and, and the journey, but I'm sure all of us at some point have heard the account in the Bible of God's people that were captive under Egyptian rule for over 400 years. They were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years, and God came to set his people free. We've all heard of Moses, right? So he sends Moses to come and set the people free, and a very long story short, he gets them out of Egypt, and they make their way through the wilderness to a place called the Promised Land, a land of Canaan, which God describes as a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, a prosperous place, a place that God had destined for them so they could walk in the blessings of God. Amen? And that's really a shadow of our life. God takes us from a life where we didn't know him, we were in slavery to the work of the enemy, and he takes us on a journey, learning to worship him to a promised land where we can enjoy the fullness of God. Amen? And so as they go along this journey, God then speaks to Moses and says, that's your promised land, that's Canaan, I'm giving it to you. However, I want you to send out some spies to check it out. And we can learn a lot from that. That when God promises us stuff, we need to just go and check it out a bit. Don't just jump in boots and all. And God tells them that so they can prepare themselves. When God leads us and guides us, He wants us to, to be prepared for what He has for us. Amen? And so He tells them, I'm gonna, I want you to send out spies. And so what Moses does, he says, elects a spy from each of the tribes. 
And he tells them to go out and spy out the land and bring them back a report. And I found this very interesting in the scriptures. You can read this at home. I, it's, it's not, we're not going to read the whole chapter. But in Numbers chapter 13, it starts off in that chapter with, with Moses sending out the spies. And I found this very interesting. As he references the spies, he references the tribe they come from, and he mentions them each by name. He mentions them each by name. This, this is so-and-so from that tribe. This is so-and-so from that tribe. And he goes through all of them, and he sends them off to spy out this land. And it truly was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was a blessed land, and you can study that for yourself. And then they come back, and they each come back with a report to tell the people, the children of Israel, what this land is about. And this is amazing. All 12 spies saw the same thing. They all saw the same thing. But 10 of them came back with a negative report, and two came back with a positive report. And here's what I found super interesting. As you read in verse 13, the Bible says in verse 13 that Caleb quietened the crowd to give them a good report. Caleb, the Bible mentions his name because he was one of the spies that brought back a positive report. But it doesn't mention the other ten's names. It just says in the next verse, it says, but the men who had gone with him. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that God doesn't want to recognize people that have bad reports. I found that quite interesting. But the man who stands up and says, surely we can take this land. God is with us. He's promised it to us. God mentions his name. But for the rest who are coming to bring negativity and speak doubt and unbelief, he just calls him the men. That's, we can learn from that. Amen? We can learn something from that. You see, when God says to you, I've given you something, your response is, we can take it. Your response is, oh, no, Lord, not for me. That's too much. Look at those challenges. The other came back and said, look at the giants in this land. I mean, they're massive. They did. They came back and said, yes, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. But then they go on and speak negatively and death. No, we can't take it. It's a bad place. Uh, we'll be just wiped out there. Obviously, that's my translation. <clears throat> so you won't find that in your Bible. But I found this very interesting in verse 33. As they're speaking to the children of Israel, they go on to speak to the children of Israel and they make this statement. Because yes, there were giants. There were big people in the land. There was no doubt about that. But no giant that comes across your path can defeat you if God's given you that land. None whatsoever. And so what happens here is uh, they are speaking to the people, the men, because we won't mention them by name either. And it says this. They say this. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. That's the most amazing scripture. You won't find anywhere where any giant said to them, you look like a grasshopper. They felt that way about themselves. This is the bottom, of the bottom line here. They didn't have faith in God's promise. They didn't have faith in God's promise. Therefore, they looked at their own ability and saw the giants and said, we can't do it. Therefore, we are grasshoppers. And they see us that way. But Caleb and Joshua said, we can take it. We can do this. So the Bible refers to Caleb as a man with a different spirit. A man with a different spirit. Now, if Caleb was alive today, I believe that he would, he would, there would be a good chance that he'd qualify for person of the year. He would be the person of the year. He was an amazing man. You see, someone 
who had done the most to influence circumstances for the better. Don't you like being around people like that? Who influence circumstances for the better. I love being around people like that. They always look for a solution in every situation. So family, here is Caleb's story in his own words. I'm going to summarize it in his own words. And this is what he says. I was 40 years old when Moses sent me to explore the land. I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed God wholeheartedly. That day Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance. So here I am today. Listen to this. This is the words of Caleb. So here I am today, 85 years old, as strong as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. That is quite amazing. 85 years old, he says, I'm as strong as I was 40 years ago. Bring on the challenges. God's going to deliver us. Amen. He goes on to say, now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me. Then Joshua blessed Caleb and gave him Hebron as his inheritance because he followed the Lord wholeheartedly. What an amazing guy. Wouldn't you like to have a friend like Caleb? Wouldn't you like to be a Caleb? Amen. You are a Caleb. <laughs> you are a Caleb. You see, family, we can learn some valuable lessons from a man like Caleb. His life can be summed up in four sentences. In four sentences. So I'm going to give you those four sentences. Are you ready? Number one. He had a different spirit from those around him. In other words, he was positive, a glass half full kind of a person. Don't you like being around people like that? They see the glass half full, not half empty. I love being around people like that. That's who he was. He was super positive. He didn't allow anything negative to come out of his mouth. Surely, sure, there were challenges. Absolutely, when they went into this Canaan, yes, there were giants. There's no doubt about it. But he stood on the promise of God. He was a positive man. He spoke life all the time. I want to be around people who speak life all the time. If I'm facing a challenge, I want somebody to say, there's a solution. You can get through this. Amen. And I love what it says here in Philippians 4 verse 8 from the message translation. It says this. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on tr things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. That's what God wants us to do, amen? I mean, you know that you're going to face challenges in this life, right? You understand that. Jesus himself said in the book of Luke, he said, when the flood comes, not if. When the flood comes, not if. We've all faced some floods in our life. We've all faced some challenges. But look at you, you're here today. God has got you through. He's not about to turn his back on you now, amen? So you can face every challenge with positivity, knowing, Lord, if you said it, I can do it. I'm going forward. I'm choosing to speak life and not death. That's what Caleb was like. He chose to speak life. He was a positive kind of guy. So that's the one thing we can learn from him. The second thing we can learn from him is this. He believed that with God's help, listen to this, with God's help, Every giant that stands in your way can be conquered, even when others say that it can't. 
Even when others say that it can't, he believed it can be done. Why? Because he went on what God said. God said, I have given you the land. And he knew that in those words was enough for them to overcome every challenge that came, was enough for them to take the land in those words, was the power of God behind them. And he knew that, that every giant that comes across our path can be conquered. Friend, I don't know what you're facing. And I'm so grateful for what the Holy Spirit done here, has done here this evening. But I want to promise you, no matter what challenge comes across your path, no matter what giant you face, with God on your side, that's just another thing on your resume. What you've conquered because of Him. Amen? And He will give you the victory. I have no doubt about it. You know, as I, um, as I think of the life of, 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 of David, King David, he was an amazing man, King David. And he had a similar circumstance. When his brothers were out at battle, they were facing the Philistines. And you all know about David and Goliath, right? We've all heard that story, I'm sure. But they were facing the Philistines. And yeah, the giant Goliath was the one out in charge. And he was really mocking the armies of Israel. And he was just challenging them all the time. And so David goes up to see them, to, go, to, to bring some food to his brothers. And he hears the soldiers speaking about this Goliath and what the king has offered them if somebody will go out in battle and, and, and defeat Goliath. And so he inquires over and over, what is it that the man will get? What is it that the man will get? And you see, David wasn't being arrogant. David knew that he was in covenant with God. And that Philistine was uncircumcised. In other words, that Philistine was not in covenant with God. He was challenging a force that he could not win. <laughs> that giant. But the giant didn't realize it. David knew it. And so David wanted to go out and fight Goliath. His own brothers mocked him. They just said, oh, well, you just come here to laugh at us. You just come here to give us a hard time. What do you know? You know, we soldiers, and they gave him a hard time. Even when people closest to you, family, don't believe that you can have the victory, you can and you will. I'm saying you can and you will. You must stand on the promises of God's word, not on the words of those around you. Because it's God who's going to take you through. And that's what David did. Look at you at 1 Samuel 17, 37. It says this, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. Family, you can, if you look back at your life, you can count the victories you've already had. And if God has given them to you in the past, why is He going to stop now? He'll continue to give you the victories. Stand on the promise. Be a David. Be a Caleb. Say, God, you've said this. I'm going to do it. When God gives you a yes, and you've got to know that God's given you a yes, there's nothing that can stop you. You've got to hold on to that promise. And I want to encourage you to do that. I want to say, whatever you're facing, find a promise that says you can. Hold on to it, no matter what the giant may look like, and you will overcome. You will overcome. The Bible says that it's not difficult for God to lie. It's impossible. There's a big difference. If I say this is difficult, that's one thing. But the Bible says it's impossible for God to lie. People say with God, all things are possible. Well, God cannot lie. That I do know. So that's one thing that's not possible for the Lord. He cannot lie. So if He says to you, the battle is His and the victory is yours, that's enough to go into battle with. Because He's going to give you the victory. Caleb was that kind of a man. Amen. If you're going to praise God, let's praise Him. Amen. Hallelujah. So I love a man like Caleb who knew, yeah, it doesn't matter what giant comes my way, I will overcome it. Even if those closest to me say I can't, I know I will. The third thing that we can learn from a man like Caleb, this is awesome. 
This is for all of us, young and old. It's this. He had a vision that neither age nor circumstances could diminish. Neither age nor circumstances could diminish. And he was willing to wait and work for it, even though it took 45 years to fulfill. You see, family, we need to understand this. Just because things take time doesn't mean God's not in it. There are certain things we need to realize that time is our friend. Time is our friend. You see, you can get somewhere in life and lose it because you failed to learn along the journey and develop character. So time is your friend in many cases. You see, if I gave a 10-year-old 10 million rand, that's a serious sugar rush. Because they're just going to buy sweeties and chocolates and toys. But my point is this, family, is their character's not developed for it. If that child waited and went through the lessons of life, went along the journey, until they got to a place in their life where they could manage that, that money would become a blessing. But at 10 years old, it's their enemy. And in life, we need to understand that. Don't think, well, I'm getting too old now. No, God's got this. He had this vision. He knew that neither age nor circumstances could diminish it. And this is a big thing. We must be willing to wait and work even though it takes time. I love the scripture in Hebrews 6 verse 12. It says this, the second half of the verse. It says, through faith and patience, you inherit the promises. Faith and patience. Faith and patience are the power twins. They're the power twins. Faith and patience. Here's a key for all of you. You know what a thermostat is? It tells you temperature, right? Now, if you want to know when your faith has stopped working, if impatience arrives, your faith has stopped working. The minute you're impatient, faith's no longer working. Because if you're, if you're in faith, you're patient. Because God's doing this, right? So through faith and patience, we've got to learn to be people to have patience along the process. I'm going to say this to you. There are certain things that just take time. They just take time. There's many reasons for that. You can ask any pregnant mom. It takes nine months. That's just how long it takes. Even if you want it in two, too bad. It takes nine months. There's a reason for that. More than the developing of the child, there's also a reason for that time. That time is also set there for mommy and daddy to be get ready from going from husband and wife to father and mother. You need to prove that's a big change if you've never had a child. You have now you're responsible for somebody else. That time helps you to develop, get your character ready. That's why you prepare things ahead of time, because there's a life change coming. If baby was like microwave dinners, bing, I think there'd be a lot of more challenged families in the world than there are now. And so that time helps us to prepare. I want to say to the younger people in the congregation, don't get upset with with patience and time. Let it work with you. So many of us live in this instant world. Everything must be now. Everything must be now. We're so used to add water, stir, cup of coffee. That's the worst coffee you can drink. You want the one that waits a while. That's a good cup of coffee. But everybody wants everything now, right? Well, unfortunately, if it easy comes, it easy goes. If you can gain it quickly, you can lose it quickly. But if you've worked for it and you've put in the effort and you've learned how to get it. If it goes, you can get it a second time. But if you don't learn and it goes, you've got nothing. So I want to encourage you with that. Be like Caleb. Be a man who through faith and patience 
was willing to wait. And when he got it, he kept it. And that's a key for all of us. When the blessing of God comes, you want to hold on to it. You want that blessing to be a benefit. You don't want something to arrive and then you can't hold on to it. And it's gone and you're miserable again. That's not what God's plan is. Amen? And then the fourth thing that we can learn from Caleb is this. In old age, he remained young at heart and totally committed to God. Totally committed to God. Remained young at heart. We need to be young at heart people. Amen? I want to speak to the more senior people of our congregation. You know, we've got to rejoice with the young people. I can say that now I'm over 50. <laughs> we can rejoice with the young people and celebrate with them. But we must remain young at heart. It's important for us to remain young at heart. Because if we don't, we're going to miss out on what's happening. We can learn a lot from everybody. We don't want to become grumpy old men. You know the movie Grumpy Old Men? Do you know it? Okay, I never saw it. <laughs> but you don't want to become grumpy old men and women. We want to remain young at heart. I mean, you a man that said at 85, bring it on. Bring it on, man. I can do this. Why? He was young at heart, but he knew that the age did not stop the promises of God working. Let me repeat that for you. Age does not stop the promises of God working. If it worked at 40, it will work at 80. Just because you're older doesn't mean the promises stop working. And he knew that. He knew that his age was not going to restrict him from having breakthrough because it was God who was giving it to him. And we need to learn that in life, family, that it's God who gives you the victory. He stayed totally committed. If there's anything you want to do in your walk, you stay committed to God. Never allow circumstances to, choose for, for, uh, to cause you to choose to place God second. I want to encourage you with that. As best as I can. I'm a, I'm a baby in Christ. I've only been serving the Lord for 27 years. Okay, that's a baby. There are people who have been serving God a lot longer than me. But I can promise you that a key is commitment. Staying committed. God has always got to be number one. Don't allow the things we enjoy to take number one place. Always make sure God is number one. I'm talking about anything in life. If we give up meeting together like this because there's something better to watch, that's a problem. If we meet, if we forget to meet or, or put other things in front of us uh, um, because, uh, instead of coming to church, that thing becomes your God. And before you know it, it's leading you. So I want to encourage you, stay committed to God. A man like Caleb stayed committed and God honored him because he was committed and he remained young at heart. Listen to what it says here in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 31. I love this portion of scripture. But I want to show you something in this portion of Scripture. It starts off and it says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I'm going to come back to that. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's an awesome Scripture, right? But here's the key to that Scripture. Let me start at the top. It says, Those who wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord. That doesn't mean this. That's not what that scripture means. That wait is not stand still and do nothing wait. Have you ever been to a restaurant? Ever been to a restaurant? Okay, sure. I just thought for a moment. We don't get it. If you've ever been to a restaurant, there's somebody that comes to help you. They're called a waiter. That waiter doesn't stand and look at you and say, you want food? Okay, go fetch it in the kitchen. That waiter serves you. In America, they call them servers. If you go restaurant, they say, that's your server for today. The waiter serves you. That waiter watches to make sure you're happy. 
If your plate's empty, they take it. You want anything else, sir, bring it. If you had enough, can I help you? Can I move that? Can I? That's what a waiter does. <clears throat> a waiter serves you. The Bible is saying those who serve the Lord, those who serve the Lord, those who wait on God, in other words, Lord, how can I please you? I'm looking to please you. I'm watching you like a waiter watch you at a table. They got their eye on you. If you have been to a good restaurant with a good waiter, I mean, they are amazing, some of these people. If you've had a great experience, they watch your every move. You can hardly even finish wiping your mouth and they got that empty plate. They're there to help you. You have such an amazing experience. Isn't that good? I mean, you walk out there and you think, wow, what a great experience. Wouldn't it be awesome if God said that about you? You're waiting on me, God's saying. You're watching because you want to serve me. You want to be in my kingdom. You want to touch my people. You want to make a difference. That's what the Bible says. Those who serve, who wait on God that way, those are the ones who shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint because they're waiting on their God, wanting to please Him in everything. So we can learn these four things from Caleb. Number one, he was a positive man, a glass half full kind of a guy. He believed that every giant could be conquered. He had a vision that neither his age or circumstances could diminish. He was willing to wait and work for it. And lastly, he remained young at heart and totally committed to God. And I believe that God wants that anointing on your life. I believe God wants you to receive a spirit like Caleb had so you can walk in the victories that he had, that you can live a life like he had. So if you want that anointing, I want you to stand up and I'm going to pray a prayer. If you want it. If you don't want to have a spirit like Caleb, you can remain in your seats. But if you say, I want to receive that presence of God that rested on Caleb, I want on my life, then I want to pray a prayer for you tonight. And you can be a man or a woman just like Caleb and that you can have the victories and success. You can be a person that others want to be around because you're just full of life and you want to show them the way. So let's just pray this prayer. Raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you this evening. Father, I pray for every one of your children this evening that are standing. They want to be like a Caleb. And Father, just as you anointed Caleb to be and do what he did, I pray for that presence and anointing to rest on your people tonight. That they can be like a Caleb. A person that is always positive. Willing to believe the best. A person that can conquer every situation because they know that your word is yes and amen. I pray, Lord God, that you'd strengthen them, that they remain young at heart. And that they would continually serve you and be committed to you. And Father, right now, I release that anointing to come upon them. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Just say, I receive the spirit of Caleb upon me. I believe God will say of me, what he said of Caleb, that is my child with a different spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.